Hey, listen, uh, tonight, you guys don't care about this kind of stuff, but as I looked at our calendar, next week being a house party, um, and then this week being uh, in between like the mini weekend and stuff like that, I was like, man, I'm left with this week, November 17th, with no real series, like no real teaching series. Like usually, if you know you've been around here, we, we mostly teach in, in three to four week teaching series, and so we did... Um, faith. We did the one on like space and all those things. And then we did the uh, 30 day kind of Bible reading challenge. We called it wake up. And so now we're nestled in between like Christmas time and whatever. And so here I am like, what am I going to do? What am I going to talk about? And I've been in youth ministry now for uh, almost about nine years, almost 10 years. And this question is one that I get a lot when I talk to students. And the question is this, maybe you've seen it on social media. We've been promoting it a little bit. Um, The question is, if I'm forgiven for my sins, why do I need to obey God now? Like, what's the advantage of obeying God right here, right now in this day-to-day life if I'm forgiven for my sins, right? Like, maybe you've seen this verse before, 1 John 1, 9. I believe it's going to be up here on the screens. It says, if I confess my sins or if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you've grown up in church, you've no doubt heard this verse before. And so as you look at this verse, you're like, well, okay, then if I sin, I'll just go to God and say, hey, God, I'm sorry. Like, forgive me and wash it clean. And there we go. And the next day I do the same thing. I go to God and say, hey, I'm sorry. Wash it clean. Off we go. And the next day I sin again and I go to God and wash clean. And there I go. And I don't know if you guys have ever been there before, um, but it almost feels like uh, a clip out of the movie Groundhog Day. Have you guys ever seen that movie before? All right, so here's what I'm going to do. I have a video clip. I want you to take a look at the screen. Go ahead. It's showtime, Phil. Okay. Well, no, probably not now. Showtime, Phil. 
Uh, If you've ever seen that movie before, he lives the same day over and over and over again, which just so happens to be Groundhog Day, hence the name, okay? And so he like is dying and the next day he wakes up again and like all these different things. And listen, here's the thing. I think sometimes if you guys have ever been there before, perhaps, you know, like confessing your sins almost feels like Groundhog Day. Like what's the purpose in confessing it again if the next day I'm just going to do the same thing? The next day after that, I'm just going to do the same thing. Like why, and I don't know if you've ever felt in that perpetual kind of rut of, of Groundhog Day and kind of how do we get out of it and what does that look like? And so that's what I want to kind of take a, a stab at tonight. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to toss a question out to you guys at your tables, all right? So out loud with words, here's a question I have up on the screen. I want you to wrestle through this. Number one, what is a rule whether it's implemented by a bus driver or a coach or whomever that you hate, all right? What's a rule in your life that you just don't like? And the second question is this, do you ever feel like God's grace is kind of like Groundhog Day, where it's just this over and over and over again? So at your table, out loud with words, take a stab at these questions. I'll give you guys about three or four minutes. Go ahead. Go ahead and take another minute or so to finish up. Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to Romans chapter 5. And we do have a version event created, so you guys can go ahead and follow along on there as well if you want. Uh, go to version, click on the little menu thing, and click on events, click on LHC Stuman, and you're there. So anyway, um, the book of Romans was written by the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was one time named Saul. He was killing and persecuting Christians. And kind of long story short, uh, Saul was on the way to Damascus, and God got a hold of his life, and he's like, bro, you're getting it all wrong. Like, you're persecuting the wrong people. Um, and so persecution, the junior hires knew what that meant, so I'm assuming you guys know it means that he was killing people? 
All right, so if you didn't know, that's, that's what the word persecution meant, at least him specifically. Sometimes you can be persecuted without dying. Anyway, I'm going to get off the word persecution because it's not that important. But Paul then goes on to write uh, over half the books in the New Testament. And so he wrote Romans. And Romans is a book where Paul is kind of doing an all-out presentation of the good news of Jesus, the message of grace and the hope that was, is found in Jesus. And one of the big things that Paul latches on to is the idea of the law. All right, so the law comes from Old Testament, and in the Old Testament, we have uh, Moses, who gets the Ten Commandments, which is a section of the law, Digital Boot Camp, if you've been there, uh, or listened to that. We know the first five books are the Pentateuch, or the Torah, that was the Jewish law. And so what would happen was there were teachers and religious scholars of the law who thought that following the letter of the law was how you experience God's grace and salvation from him. And what Paul was getting kind of on his soapbox to say is he's like, listen, no matter how well you follow the law, if you dive down, you follow it down to the absolute letter, it's still not good enough. And so now we enter into Romans chapter five, which is where I'm dropping you guys in. And here's what Paul is saying about the law, right? Look here at verse 20. He says, God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. So the law was not this thing to give, and it's your job to try and chase after it, to follow it, and to never break it, all right? Your goal, yes, should be like holiness and following it, but none of us are ever going to be able to. You rewind back to Romans chapter three, Paul says, all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. So none of us are able to do it. So the law was not given for like all, all these like things that these guys are trying to do to follow it, whatever. He's saying instead, as people sin more and more, God's wonderful grace became so abundant. So listen, we can't follow the law. We're going to fall. We're going to falter. Romans 3.23, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If that's the case, then why did God give the law? And as Paul points out here in Romans 5, he said, listen, nothing that you can do is ever going to, um, is ever going to get you in a spot where you can't be forgiven by God. And, and in fact, the more you sin, the more God's grace abounds. And so I think many of you right now might be thinking like, well, hey, if God's grace abounds when I sin, then I'll just live my life however I want, asking for forgiveness every now and again, being like, you know, doing like the Christian stuff like I'm supposed to. I'm just gonna kind of like throw the rule book out the window because God's grace is, I don't know, have you ever like shaken up a pop can before, right? Like a, a, Coke, a Coke can, you shake it up and it's just like, right? Like it's spraying everywhere. And so here's a video of it. And my question is, if you're like, well, if God's grace just kind of abounds and abounds and abounds, well, then why don't I just like, I don't know, um, every time I tell a little white lie, God's grace, all right? And then, hey, um, maybe I'm feeling mm, like I'm going to gossip about someone. Hey, God's grace, all right? It's abounding and abounding and abounding. And then I decide and make kind of a misstep, but I, I look at the opposite sex in the wrong way and abounding, abounding, abounding. But God's grace is still good, Romans 5.20. And I tell a little white lie, which I already did that. It's kind of like Groundhog's Day. Here I am again. And God's grace is abounding. And then because of that, I sort of take it out on my parents, but that's okay because God's grace is abounding, right? Like you guys kind of get it and see the picture. And the thing is this. The thing is, Paul kind of anticipated this question. All right, I have a quote I pulled from a study. You might not be able to read this, but I'll, I'll read it to you. It says this. It says, so just as sin 
ruled over all people and brought them to death, right? So sin is this master. Sin is our deepest need as humans, this thing that we can't solve on our own. So sin at one point ruled all people and brought them to death. But now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so you guys are like, yeah, listen, that's what I'm saying. If God's grace is what we can now stand on, then what's the point in obedience and trying to stay on track right here, right now, all right? I think almost sometimes, uh, if we're not honest, if we're not careful, we almost view God's grace and we almost view heaven as like this. You guys ever seen this before? And ever played Monopoly? right? This is a get out of jail free card. And so it's like, if I accept Jesus, then I know I'm not going to hell. And so I can sin and God's grace is like my get out of jail free card. And, and I can always kind of fall back on that. And if you were in big church this morning, uh, you heard Pastor Brad say it. He said, uh, heaven is not a place for people who don't want to be in hell. Heaven is a place for people who love Jesus. And I think a lot of times we find ourselves in that spot, like, well, I don't want to go to hell, so I'm going to accept Jesus, right? But I still kind of want to live this way. still kind of want to dabble over in this area. I still kind of want to dip my toe uh, over in this section here. I still have some friends who are kind of into this stuff. And so I know God's grace is good enough, and so I'm just going to kind of toe the line over here. And, and when I know I cross the line, I just, I got this to fall back on, right? Like, boom, I get out of jail free card. Like, here it is, God's grace, abounding, 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 right? Well, here's the thing. Paul, after having written Romans 5 and says the law, so he's speaking to one section of people who are way legalistic and following the law. Now he's speaking to those who are on the other end. Like, now hold on. Before you get any wise ideas, right? Here's what he says in Romans 6, 1 and 2. Take a look. Actually, I have it. I'm sorry. Noah, my bad. Romans 6, 1 and 2. He says this. Well then, so should we just keep on sinning? so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace, right? Like he is anticipating this question. Romans 5.20, right? God's grace is abounding, abounding. It's like that soda can. Look at verse two. Paul says, of course not. Other translations say, by no means. Like it is the strongest emphatic no that you can get, right? Paul says, no way, Jose. That's my translation of what Paul said, right? I think it's, it's Greek for, of course not. So he says, since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Like when we allow Jesus to be the Lord of our life, we have given sin away. We have put that old way of living to, to death and now we are walking in a new way of life. So we can't live in this sin anymore as Paul says here in, in verse two. And so the the question then that we are trying to wrestle through is, have we really put those things to death? Like, do we really desire Christ in such a way that our old way of living is becoming less and less attractive to us? Now, listen, I understand I've been there in the Groundhog Day thing where like you want to, you truly desire to want to follow Jesus and you're still in that cycle. Like, I get that. There's a difference between living your own way and just throwing down that Monopoly get out of jail free card as kind of like willy-nilly and truly having a desire to live according to God's rules and standards. And so I think what happens is the, the motive behind the question that I'm asking is if, if God gives me grace and forgiveness, then why obey him now? The motive behind that is like what I'm really asking is 
I want to do things my way. And God's just kind of inconveniencing me with his Bible and his rules and his laws, right? That's what most people are getting at with that question. And so I'd rather live my way and do it my way than I would follow these rules that God has laid out because I think those rules are annoying to me and they bother me and they get in the way of me doing what I want to do. And so to help illustrate that, I have a friend up here that is um, this fish and what do you guys think we should name this fish? Dorothy. Who said Jeff? Who said Jeff? Why would I name it Dorothy? All right, before, before I show you what I have planned for this here fish, we need to play another round of hot seat, all right? So the fish is going to wait until the hot seat is over. So let me get a contestant up here for hot seat. All right, here we go. And our hot seat contestant tonight is... Mary! Congratulations, you finally get to be in the hot seat. How does that make you feel? Awesome. Good. Here's your. What? I don't know how to dance, so Riley's gonna do a dance. Riley's gonna do a dance if you have to do the dance, right? All right, so there's gonna be a timer up on the screen, and Noah, when I say go, you go, and we're gonna sync up in a minute, all right? We're gonna put a minute on the screen. And I'm going to spin this wheel. You ready? Yes. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Uh, okay, kind of. Noah, no. ready? Set. Here we go. First question. Coffee shop order. Hot chocolate. Hot chocolate. Favorite Disney Tangled. movie? What? Tangled. Tangled. hey yo. I love it. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Coke. Fast food restaurant? Oh, Chick-fil-A. Most embarrassing moment. Too embarrassing. Too embar- this, not this right now? Uh, no. Okay. No. It's worse. All right, Riley. Come on, Riley. Fortnite dance you for your mom. Do it for me. Go, fast. You have Come 30 on. seconds. Fast, fast, fast. Right there, right there. I don't, have, I don't know how to do this block. There we go. Yeah, good That's job. Right. You down, nailed it. You nailed it. All right, there we go. JHM or HSM. HSM. That's softball. Bible translation. Uh, ESV. ESV. Apple or Android? Apple. Favorite Bible verse? Uh, Psalm 32, 8. What's it say? I will guide thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will All guide right. thee. All right. And end us out with your favorite Avenger. Iron Man. Iron Man. Nice job. Give it up for Mary. Way to go. Mary, what's the best King's Island ride? Did you answer it yet? <laughs> huh? She, she says the beast. Hey, listen, if we would have gone one more question, I would have been out of questions. So good job. And we wasted like 10 seconds trying to get Riley to Fortnite dance for you. So, all right. Listen, here's the thing. I want to talk to you guys about my fish named Jeff or Dorothy or whatever we're naming it, Okay. I've been thinking about this. So this morning, I used this same fish for JHM, okay? And I'm going to be honest with you. I went home, and I was very convicted. And here's what I was convicted by. 
I, I'm going to ask you guys to help me out with this. Have any of you guys ever been on just like an epic vacation before? Like epic vacation, all right? Only, only Jeff, all right? Every, everyone else said yeah and no hands were up. Have any of you guys ever been to the beach before? The beach, okay. Have any of you guys ever been hiking before? Um, have any of you guys ever been skiing before? You tried once, didn't go very well? Okay. Nobody asked Christian to teach you how to ski. And here's my conviction. Here's what I felt about the fish on my way home as I was driving. I was like, man, this poor fish, his existence today is stuck in this Tupperware bowl. And think of, I know, right? And think of all the things in life, hiking, skiing, the beach, like the sand part of the beach, not the water, right? That we get to experience as humans that he never gets to, or she. I'm not going to discriminate. It could be a girl. I, I didn't look. And, and listen, I think that the confines of this wall, of this bowl, are a little bit rude and a little bit mean to this fish. You agree? So here's the deal. What I think we should do is I think we should set this fish free. Are you guys down for that? What? So I want to let him go hiking and skiing and stuff. What? No, 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 no. It's cool. It's mean. I'm not, I'm going to, I've made a vow and I'm going to stop being mean, all right? So here we go. I'm going to take the fish out of the water, okay? All right, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Somebody help me. Somebody help me. Why? All right, focus, okay? We're going to turn this serious here. Why did you not want me to take him out of the water? Why? It needs the water to live. Listen, stop talking. These walls right here, which help keep the water in, literally keep this fish alive. And in the same way, the parameters that God sets on your life from his word help give you a more full, rich, and abundant life. In fact, in some cases, it may literally save your physical life. Like, my guess is when God said, do not murder, I think many of you are very thankful that you have not been murdered today, right? Because without that, there could just be anarchy, right? Or you fill in the blank, right? That's obviously an extreme example. But the point is this. The point is that God gives you his word and he puts parameters on it, yes, Rules, yes, things that you should and you should not do. Things you should do that you don't want to do and things you shouldn't do that maybe you do want to do. But at the end of the day, in John 10.10, when Jesus says the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and you may have it abundantly, then that means that when you submit your life to his lordship, you also submit your life to his way of living. And though in some cases it may seem restrictive and like there's rules, at the end of the day, he wants to give you this full and rich life. And so you have to decide is, is he worth following? And I have a couple more verses. Uh, Noah, hit that second to last verse up there. First Corinthians 6, 12, Paul says, everything is permissible for me. So when he's in Christ, there's a freedom now that comes from being in Christ. Remember, he's kind of talking to the law keepers. And so he's saying, though things may be permissible for me as a believer and to have freedom in Christ, not everything is helpful. 
And in the same way, though I could very realistically free this fish and take him out of the water, technically, right, that's allowed to be done, it might not be helpful for the fish. All right, you guys, you guys know that. Check this other verse out. In Acts chapter 4, the disciples, they said, we cannot stop telling about everything that we have seen and heard. And as I say that, you're like, where did this verse come from, right? Listen, when you've been saved from your sin, and when God takes you out of this air and puts you into this fishbowl of his free, amazing gift of grace, the reality is, is I think you would be the type of person that would not be able to stop talking about it. Like you have no idea what God has done for me. You have no idea the incredible gift of grace that he has given to me. He has allowed me to live in this water here, which gives me life and keeps me alive. And now I just want to tell all of you about it. All right, I used this example earlier in JHM, but let's pretend that this bag right here, which just has something in it to fill the space and make it not look empty, let's pretend it had Chick-fil-A in it, all right? How many of you guys would be excited about that because it's a Sunday and you know you couldn't get, all right? Let's take it up a notch. Let's pretend that this bag had a million dollars in it, all right? You could go to college, you could buy a car, you could go to Chick-fil-A, Let's pretend it had both. Let's pretend it had Chick-fil-A at the bottom and a million dollars on top, right? Best of both worlds. Now let's pretend, let's pretend I brought this to you and I handed it to you and I said, hey, here's your million dollars and your one Chick-fil-A sandwich. And what would you do when you accepted this free gift from me? No strings attached. You could 100% have this, this free gift. Would you kick me in the shin, spit in my face and cuss me out as you walked away? That's probably not a proper response for what you, would, what you would respond with after you got this free gift. You might, I don't know what you'd do, like I don't know what kind of thanks you'd have. Maybe that's a good life group question. But listen, if you think about it, I think many of us that have grown up in church, we almost grow numb to what Jesus has done. But the reality is this, is that he has taken care of our deepest need, which is sin. And he's given this incredible free gift of grace. And he says, hey, here's this free gift of grace. Just live in these parameters. And life, it's going to be good for you. I want to give you this full, this abundant life. But instead, we're like, man, why do I got to follow all these rules? And we want to treat Jesus like terribly after this incredible gift and sacrifice that he's given to us. And so as you leave from this place, as you, those of you who are followers of Jesus and have given your life to him, can you honestly answer like Acts 4 right here where it says, you can't stop telling other people about everything that you've seen and heard about the incredible gift of grace that you've gotten from Jesus. Is that true of your life? Or instead, are you sitting in this conflicted spot where you're like, man, I, I, I want to follow Jesus, but I also kind of don't want to. I want to do my own thing over here. And that's, that's a real tension and a real wrestle, and that's what I want you guys to unpack further in small group. All right, let me pray for you, and then you're out of here. God, thank you for tonight. Thank you for these students, and thank you for the truth of your word. Lord, help us as followers of you to gain an appetite for you and for your word and for the things of you. And Lord, there are temptations and struggles and pitfalls and places that we can go off track. But Lord, I pray that you help us to grow in our love for you. Help our groups to be a place, a safe place to wrestle through that, to talk about that to become vulnerable about areas that perhaps we may struggle or, or flounder in. And God, I pray that you help us to see that your way of living is better. 
and that you give it to us not because you want to make us suffer, but Lord, because ultimately you want to see us flourish. We pray that our groups would be good, discussion would be rich, and pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. All right, see ya. Oh, hey, real talk. Does anybody want?